We're thankful to have a baptism a couple of weeks ago, Rebecca. She's still wet behind the ears. So she has a hat on. She's still wet from her baptism. So thankful for that. Uh, but I haven't talked about, you know, why we baptize, why it's important. So I'm going to do that. And then you're going to come up and read your testimony. I can't wait to hear it. I know they can't wait to hear it. So that's good. So what about baptism? Why do we practice baptism by immersion? Why is it that we go through the trouble of setting up a tank and filling it up with water and having somebody go under the water to show that they're following Jesus Christ, that they've made a profession of faith. Well, Jesus commands us to baptize, right? In Matthew chapter 28, we read this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we need to make disciples, spread the good news of Jesus Christ, and then we want to see them added to the church, right? Being added to the church is important, and seeing them baptized is a part of that. So that word baptized there, we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, but does it matter how you're baptized? Sprinkling, pouring, or immersion, or if you're baptized as a child or when you're older, we'll talk about the child issue in a second. But does it matter? Well, the word baptize means to immerse, right? Anywhere you look in the New Testament and you see the word baptize, it literally means to go under the water. And so baptism is the, by immersion, is the biblical pattern commanded, which preserves the rich theological significance being portrayed, right? When Jesus was baptized, he did it to fulfill all righteousness. And to fulfill all righteousness, meaning that he had to come as the righteous sacrifice, that he had to die, go under the water, and to be raised from the dead. And so baptism by immersion really preserves that beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. So does baptism save you? Now, there are some faith traditions that would say that baptism saves you. I tell people, if you go into the water center, you're going to come out a wet center. Baptism does not save you. Baptism is simply an outward symbol of an inward reality. Baptism is a work that we do in obedience after we've already professed faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works. Baptism is a work that we do to demonstrate that God has done a work in our heart. Paul clearly tells us in his letter to the church at Galatia, that by the works of the flesh, no person will be justified. No person will be made righteous. So baptism does not save you. It's God's grace through faith that saves us. So who should be baptized? Only those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. You're not trusting in your works. Anything that you can do to earn salvation you're trusting in Jesus Christ alone and the work that he did for you on the cross. Passage I like to go to for this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Having been buried with Jesus in baptism, in which you were also raised with Jesus through faith in the working of God, who raised Jesus from the dead. Right here, so we're beginning to see here one of the symbolic... Uh, one of the reasons why we're baptized is because we're identifying with Christ 
in his death and his resurrection from the dead. And we do that through faith. Right there, Paul clearly says that it's through your faith in the working of God. So what is the significance of water baptism? Water baptism symbolizes our baptism by the Holy Spirit, which unites us with Christ. So the moment that Alistair placed his faith in Jesus Christ, he was baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. He, was, he became in Christ. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just as one body, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. There's not a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit after you place your faith in Christ. Paul is writing to a church and telling them that they were all baptized by one Spirit at the moment they placed their faith in Christ, and they were baptized into the body of Christ to form one body. They were all given that spiritual drink of the Holy Spirit. So what our baptism symbolizes, our baptism by the Holy Spirit, which unites us to Christ, but it also symbolizes our identification with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Alistair, the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins died with Christ. Who you were died with Christ. And when you go under the water, you're buried in the likeness of his death. You're showing that you've died to who you were, but you're raised to walk in newness of life, just like Christ was raised from the dead. And so Romans chapter 6 is a passage that we go to that explains this deep theological concept of baptism. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So what I think we see going on here is there's this Holy Spirit baptism that's in view as people reflect back on the fact that they were baptized, immersed under the water. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. So in a minute when I baptize you, I'm going to ask you, Alistair, are you placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? And you're going to hear his testimony. It's going to be an emphatic, yes, I am trusting in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. And I'm going to say, based on your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, baptized into his death, verse 3, raised to walk in newness of life. And we see that in verse 4. So that's why I say that when someone is baptized. Water baptism also is a public declaration to the world that the one being baptized has forsaken the world to follow Christ. You're making a definitive statement that I am following Jesus Christ and you're welcoming us as the body of Christ to speak into your life. If you happen to veer off the path, if you happen to take your eyes off of Jesus, we're here to help you, to encourage you in your faith, to build you up in your faith, to teach you, to teach you to observe all that Christ has commanded. So today you're making a public declaration and that's the pattern that we see in the New Testament as well in Acts chapter 2. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What a day, huh? But then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, 
to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so as a pastor, it just brings me great joy having known AJ since he was an infant um, and to see how Jim and Jessica have poured into him the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that he has grandparents that pour the gospel of Jesus Christ into him, uh, to see him at this moment where he has placed his faith in Christ and wants to follow him in baptism is a special moment. So I'm very thankful for that. So now AJ is going to come up and he's going to read his testimony and he's going to stand at this mic right here, or does it matter? Yeah, that's this one here. Okay.